Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and again, we're going to be talking about the Kingdom of God. I just sent out a notice to the network of this particular broadcast. This broadcast uh, is live on uh, First Amendment Radio, and uh, and you can listen to it a lot of different ways. Uh, we We won't release this recording for more than a week, although you can listen to it at First Amendment. But it's best to get it live because it's often dealing with things that are going on right now. But we always try to equate what's going on right now to what was going on at the time of Christ. Because Christ had a solution, a salvation for all the problems of the world, which we were not supposed to be of, but often are in, and therefore Early Christians suffered a lot of problems that they had to deal with and they had the means to deal with that because they had actually done what Christ said to do, what he commanded us to do. Now Christ talked to his apostles about some things that he did not talk to the general public about. And his apostles asked him, you know, what's the deal? Why do you always talk to them in parables? And he says, it's given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but it is not given unto them. But why is he talking to them? Why is he telling them parables? What are these mysteries of the kingdom of God? Well, the fact is, is that God wants to reveal those mysteries to you, but not through your ears, through your spiritual ears. He he wants to write them on your heart and upon your mind. But unfortunately, you got all kinds of other stuff written on your heart and your mind <laughs> that doesn't give him any room to write upon your heart and your mind because you've got all this other stuff there. So most of what you need to be doing probably at first is letting go of a lot of the things that you have previously come to believe that just ain't so. Now I noticed that there was a flurry of people joining the network. Now the network is a email network that is based on geographical areas. We have a email group for New York and all the states immediately surrounding New York. And we have an email net, uh, group for California and several of the states that surround California. And uh, so we don't have a separate one for Hawaii. But if we had 150 or 200 people in Hawaii, we would create a separate group for the guys in Hawaii. You could still be a part of the California group, but you would... You would be able to focus on the messages that came that had to do with the Hawaiian group. Now, that's just an email network. That's a virtual network, not a virtuous network. A virtuous network is actually doing what Christ said to do, which was to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. He commanded that his apostles, those guys he was giving the mysteries of the kingdom to, 
directly by speaking to them, scolding them, explaining to them, demonstrating for them as they walked with him. He was training them up to be the ministers of a kingdom. He said to the Pharisees, I'm going to take the kingdom away from you and I'm going to appoint it to another group that was going to bear fruit. And one of the ways in which they were going to be able to bear fruit is he was commanded to make the people sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. That's how the early church was organized. We wrote a whole book, Thy Kingdom Come. We make reference to it in another book called The Free Church Report. Uh, it's also referenced in the book Covenants of the Gods, which we offer to everybody free online. You can order them from us too, but you can download them free online. Everybody likes to read things online. So, you know, I mean, you can download the books onto your phone and read them. And if you have one of those apps that read text, they, you can have it read to you. <laughs> and that's all we offer that all for free. So, what we're trying to do, though, is share with you a lot of those mysteries of the kingdom of God. Now, Christ warned about telling people too much stuff, you know, casting pearls to swine, which is a pretty metaphoric statement. I mean, Jesus really wasn't handing out pearls. He was handing out pearls of truth. But the idea of using metaphors like that was common amongst the Jews, their whole Torah was full of metaphors. And uh, if you don't understand the metaphors, you probably won't understand the Torahs. Uh, Torah. And it's also full of, which is similar to metaphors, allegories. And there, there's, it's written that is full of allegories. And there are many people who were writing back at the time of Christ that talked about the Torah being full of allegories. And these are stories trying to impart to you, like parables, certain principles of the kingdom. But you will hear the story but not understand the message if you're not letting God write upon your heart and upon your mind. So, just as, you know, I just sent out a notice to everybody that's on the network and all the people that are recently coming on to the network, which is the, not the living network, but the virtual network. It is just an email network to kind of be a way of communicating to you. Now, if 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 the email network was suddenly destroyed, you know, like a cosmic uh, coronal mass ejection or EMP, and suddenly everybody's power was out and you couldn't get email anymore, I would have a lot more time on my hands and I wouldn't have to answer so many emails. <laughs> but you would not be able to communicate. But if you have sat down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, and the message of Christ was again spread throughout the world like it was back at the time of Christ, and people were networking by faith, hope, and charity instead of what they're doing now by force, fear, and violence, then they would still have a way in which to communicate. As a matter of fact, they may have better ways to communicate because... When God is writing on your heart and your mind, sometimes you can get ideas about how to do things that you didn't even know existed before. Because one thing God is, is very, very smart. <laughs> I don't need to know everything. I need to be working for a God who knows everything. And he will tell me what I need to know. There's a lot of things I need to forget. 
there's a lot of things you need to forget. And one of those things that you need to forget is all the people that you haven't forgiven and you can only forget about those things if you actually forgive those people. A lot of people think they've forgiven people for the past wrongs that they've done to them and they've just suppressed that anger and it will bubble out and destroy other relationships if you do not address it, do not look at it. Somebody from, I think England mentioned something I was madly going through all the emails on the network i try to see every one of them i just don't have the time to read every one of them in detail but he mentioned the fact that he during a meditation exercise that he did which is similar to the one that you know i've shared with you at preparing you you can go there and look up meditation preparing you.com has a lot of articles that we've put up over the years uh, HisHolyChurch.org has a lot of the articles that we have put up over the years. They don't have all the same articles, but uh, but we have lots of audios, hundreds and hundreds of audios. And one of the things we talk about is meditation. We have a page on meditation, which has some of those audios on it. And we explain what meditation is. And I base it on, you know, over half a century of study, well over half a century of study, um, of things like meditation, uh, ancient meditations that were used by Christians, ancient meditations that were used by Jews, and uh, and correlate it with meditations that are floating around today. And what is really meditation? But anyway, he he said he he experienced something without fear when he was meditating, and uh, of course Christ says, "Fear not." Well, I could tell you to fear not. But you still may get afraid because of other things that have already gotten inside of you. So how do you get those things out of you that are making you afraid? People talk about, oh, that guy, he always is pushing my buttons. He's always making me upset. Remember, fear and anger are the same things. They're just opposite sides of the same coin. If you get afraid, you may also at other times get angry. It's the same thing. If you get rid of the thing that is making you angry, remove uh, that uh, button, uh, you won't be afraid. If you have an anger button, you will have a fear button too. I mean, this is, we've known this for years. I mean, even in the, the movie Star Wars, you know, Luke says, I'm not afraid and and Yoda says, you will be afraid. The reality is, is that, that fear, what, what was the other thing they talked about all the time for the Jedi is to anger draws you into the dark side. Fear and anger are the same thing. So, in order to get those things out of you that are controlling the way you think, the way you react to the world, so that you have these buttons where somebody pushes a button and you react. To get rid of that fear, to get rid of that anger, you have to go into yourself and see that which has already gotten into you and forgive those who put it in you, those who traumatized you, those who were unjust to you, those who were mean to you, those who were brutal to you, whatever. 
whatever they did, whatever injustice they did, you have to forgive them so that you may be forgiven. Now, what is forgiven? I mean, God is going to forgive you and Jesus died so that your sins would be forgiven. Uh, He actually came that you might be saved. You may not be saved. But he's done his part. You haven't done your part, maybe. What's your part? If you don't forgive, neither will my Father forgive you. I told that to a preacher once. And he says, yeah, but Jesus said that before the crucifixion. Now we're all forgiven. Well, no, you all have the potential of being forgiven. But if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. Christ didn't say, oh, now that I'm crucified, you can forget everything I said before. Not That's not the way it works. And so stop being deluded because delusion is not dealing with the truth. And Christ is the way and the truth and the light. You need to see what you have done wrong. One of the things that Christ mentioned, that the apostles mentioned, Peter mentions, is that through covetous, through covetous practices, you would be made merchandise. And of course, in our books and our articles, we show that this has gone on since the days of Nimrod, since the days of Cain. Desiring benefits at the expense of your neighbor and the property of your neighbor will degenerate you. It will alter your mind so that you think a different way. So you cannot see the problems that are getting into you and the traumas that are getting into you. And you will not see the truth. You won't let the light in because to let the light in, you have to see what has gotten into you. So anyway, with those things in mind... This is, and the fact that, you know, we have this virtual network, but you have to turn it into a virtuous network by sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. Then you gather together as close to other people as you geographically can find them. Not based on who makes you feel good or who you like to associate with. You can have as many other friends as you want. But the network that Christ commanded us to create is just sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. You you know, it's kind of like musical chairs and there's ten chairs in every group and that's for the heads of families. So the head of the family, whoever is your representative in your family that sits down with ten, nine other representatives in your family and you all pick a minister. So that's eleven guys right there. That minister gets together with ten other ministers And now, how is he going to minister? What is his job? Is he to tell you what to believe and what to think and how to say the name of Jesus or Yeshua or Yahshua or Yahweh or Yahweh? Is he supposed to dictate that stuff to you? Was Christ dictating that stuff to you? If Christ wasn't doing it, he probably shouldn't be doing it either. What he's supposed to do is connect you with ten, nine other congregations like yours. That's his job. That's one of his primary jobs. Now, his job to God is to practice pure religion. You know, which practicing pure religion is to fulfill his personal duties to God. Because that's who he's working for. He's not working for you guys. He's working for God. He's working for God by serving you guys, by connecting you with the other 90 families. 
And then he picks a minister with his nine other minister associates. I don't like to use the word associates, but the ones he sits down with in free assembly of ministers, which is just another form of congregation. And they pick a minister. And he will, he will get together with nine other ministers too, and then you will have hundreds and thousands, because now he can connect ten groups of a hundred. Now you have your basic core cell group, your congregation, which is really a congregation of the actual primal cell of God, which is the family. So ten families are gathered, Hundred families are gathered. Thousand families are gathered. The minister's job is to communicate between these families. If they have a problem, they have an issue, they're being attacked, they have some whatever, they're supposed to help you find the solution in the whole body of Christ. Because all these cells are gathered together in a body. Now, those who've been listening to our show on a regular basis, we've been, we've got like nine, ten shows on the coronavirus. The coronavirus is a, a exosome that once existed inside of a, as an endosome within a bat, probably a horseshoe bat. I don't know what kind of bat it was, but some, uh, flying mammal that lives in the dark <laughs> and cannot see but has really good hearing and <laughs> goes out. And anyway, somehow or other, one of those endosomes became an exosome in the body, which is done every day in your own body and all mammal bodies. And that exosome expelled from the bat and got into another uh, creature that that uh it received that that virus was received into that other creature, and that other creature let that virus that exosome into its cells as if it was one of their own exosomes because that's what exosomes do is they travel your your cells will produce twenty thirty forty exosomes, and they will go out with a little r n a DNA message, and they will find another cell like the one they just left. And they will enter that cell and give it a message. And that message will tell that cell something it needs to know in order that the whole body lives. There, and, and that's, that cell, that exosome goes around and is communicating with the entire body, sending out messages like minstrels used to go along the countryside and they would memorize songs from the king's court and then they would go out and sing those songs to all the communities around. And it was a way in which the king could give information to the rest of his kingdom through minstrels. They actually, you know, heralds had the same job. Minstrels just memorized the message in the form of a song, which helped him repeat it exactly. Because he had the rhythm of the king helping him deliver these messages. That's one of the things that used to be going on in societies as they became kings. Our kingdom, the kingdom of God, is within you. That's God writing on your heart and your mind. But the church established by Christ, which is the called out established by Christ, helped 
maintain and serve that kingdom of people who are letting God write upon their hearts and their minds. Unfortunately, almost every one of you have had somebody else write on your heart and your mind. Your mother, your father, your school teachers, your fourth grade school teacher. <laughs> That's a little joke amongst us because I was mentioning the fourth grade, my fourth grade school teacher that I evidently had harbored resentment for for years. Forgot all about it until I was teaching my own children and realized that I was scolding my children in the same way that my fourth grade teacher scolded me. <laughs> or with the same tone, anyway. And uh, I uh, I realized that I, I still had a little bit of my fourth grade teacher in me. And I realized it was in there because I hadn't forgiven her yet. The same as I used to find it difficult to even say the word church after being trained up. Uh, was prepared to go to the Vatican by, uh, uh, Archbishop, uh, in the Catholic Church and by other priests in the Catholic Church and was a part of a society in the Catholic Church, not the Jesuits. <laughs> Everybody always brings that. You mean the Jesuits? No, different society. But I had a I realized that I had been lied to. I'd already attended St. Joseph's College and, and graduated, you know, from, well, I graduated from high school, but I had attended classes at St. Joseph's College and was being prepared to go on to San Fernando Valley State and, and, uh, or some sort of college like that. And I started having revelations. I'd always had them, but I started realizing the process and started realizing I had been lied to. And I had been deceived. And many of the questions that I had constantly asked as a youth and never got satisfactory answers, I began to understand the answers. I I began to see these things because I realized I was probably wrong about a lot of the things that I was already accepting that just ain't so. I was willing to let go of what I had thought had to be true because they told me it was true. <laughs> you know? And I realized that I there wasn't a Santa Claus and there was a lot of other things that I had accepted as true that weren't so. And I intellectually began to challenge all the priests that I was still dealing with in my last year of, of attending a parochial school. And... It was a great release to me, and God gave me great wisdom to deal with these people on a level, but then I had to realize that what I really needed to deal with was the resentment that was welling up in me for all the past lies I was told. I had to forgive the liars who had misled me, because many of them were misled too. They were repeating the lies that they were taught. Why did they keep repeating the lies that they were taught? Because they were not humble enough to see that they didn't know. In order to know God, you have to realize you don't know God. We like to imagine that we do know God. And we go to churches that tell us that we know God and we've had the spiritual experience and it's actually emotion. We have to let that go to hear the real truth which is what we're going to be talking about in the rest of the show. So be right back. Join us on The Living Network at HisHolyChurch.org. Go to the network links 
or go to preparingyou.com. Join the network and we'll try to hook you up with people in your local area. And join us on Facebook. Facebook.com, His Holy Church, all one word. Join us there. We'll give you updates so you can start doing some studying and thinking about these things and start looking into these things for yourselves. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. So, what do we learn this week about the coronavirus and the kingdom of God? Because why is the coronavirus having such an effect on people who are seeking the kingdom of God? Well, actually, it really isn't having a great deal of an effect on them. But the world has been turned upside down. Or it was pretty well turned upside down already, but it's now very noticeable that the world is upside down. Because by simply repeating uh, models and scenarios of fear, they were able to lock down almost the entire world and put everybody in the country under house arrest with almost no additional police forces or military invasion. <laughs> and the question is, uh, there's a lot of questions. I, have, I get into a whole section of questions. But the question is, is the coronavirus or COVID-19 something we really should be afraid of? Is it going to kill millions upon millions of people in the United States of America? Is it going to kill half a million people in Great Britain? We, the, the, all these predictions, these models were coming out and repeated in the news over and over again. Repeated by men like Fauci in the government over and over again. And we already know they're not true. That, that, that is not what the evidence and the data is showing us. It isn't going to be millions of people die of COVID-19 in the United States. But we were told that. And that fear of that and the idea of that that is true got into our minds and fear sealed it into our minds like a Ziploc bag. And we believed it to be true. And now, in talking to people, expressing, you know, talking about reopening and everything, there are certain people, and some of these people I know personally, known them for a while, watched their progress, have heard a great deal from, you know, my family knows them. And they're operating in fear. And they're operating in this anxiety state that they're absolutely afraid that people who are supposedly fearless people Young people, fearless people, I mean, drive a cat up the side of a mountain and, and uh, do all kinds of things that most people would be absolutely terrified to do. Probably did bungee jumping and everything. Wouldn't even answer the door at their house because they were afraid the coronavirus might get in if they talked to somebody who might be infected. And they would surely die. <laughs> but most the people, the vast majority of the people in the United States or in the world will not die of COVID-19 because it has a very, 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 very low death rate. It kills almost, it really doesn't kill anybody. It might kill a few people, handful of people, maybe a thousand people out of seven billion. That's, that's not even a percentage. It's not even, I mean, you can't even hardly calculate it. You know, more people will be struck by lightning than killed by COVID-19. Now, 
a lot of people will die if they get COVID-19. But I say a lot of people, you know, 100,000 people uh, could even be more than that. I don't know. but they don't really die because of the COVID-19. The COVID-19 didn't kill them. It's all the other things that were wrong with them. You know, like they were 98 years old. I mean, there's been 103-year-old people. I know 98-year-old people that have had the COVID-19 and, and got better. They, they went to the hospital, but they, I think they were only there for the day. And then they came back. And the hospital is like 100 miles away. And uh, But they're... I think they're actually a hundred now. They're, they're like ninety nine or a hundred anyway, and they got better. And there's reports of other people. One hundred and three got better. So just because you're old doesn't mean you're going to die. If you're a smoker, that could be bad. If you've been smoking for ninety years, well, yeah, that could be bad. Uh, if you're diabetic, if you're overweight, those things all will. But there are diabetics who will not die from this. They might get it, but they're healthy diabetics. They take care of their health. They're eating right. One of the amazing stories, you know, I'm just shocked to hear it, but then there's another part of me that's not surprised at all. The CEO of YouTube said that they were going to take down YouTube videos that suggest that taking vitamin C and turmeric uh, will help you fight off COVID-19. Uh, yeah, we're 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 going to just take those down because those those ideas are just completely outside of the realm of what we know to be true according to the World Health Organization. It's not following the World Health Organization, so they were going to take it down and remove it because that's that's silly. Well, the problem is is that you know I just read a story uh, about COVID nineteen. And it's coming out of the University of uh, Oregon and researchers. It says COVID-19 is an acute respiratory uh, tract disease, one of many that kill, one of many that kill 2.5 million people around the world each year. So there's your 2 million people die, but that's not of COVID. That's of COVID-19, the flu, of the common cold. Lots of people, I mean, like, are you afraid of the common cold? Are you going to lock yourself in the house because you're afraid of the common cold? And the common cold gets into many convalescent homes. People will die. I've seen it firsthand, regularly, because they already have all these other issues. And there's just, you know, it's like the straw that broke the camel's back. They didn't die of a cold, but they got a cold and they had all these other problems and they died. Well, now they're trying to tell you COVID-19 has killed thousands of people. They didn't really die of COVID-19. They died of all the other ailments. And COVID-19 was in there somewhere as a factor. But it didn't kill them. It just was one more factor. I mean, if they had heart disease and they were on a... in, you know, on IVs and they were, had kidney failure and they had smoked all their life and and they got COVID-19. What did they die of? Well, they died of all those other things. If they were in good health, they wouldn't have died. They would have got better. Most of the people who get COVID-19 don't show any symptoms at all or just the mildest symptoms. And we know that. 
That's that's a fact. Now they're they're not telling you. Fauci knew that. I can read you letters he wrote back in February where he knew that. But he's telling you that, you know, if we don't come out with a vaccine, you're all going to die. There's going to be thousands and millions of people die. He knows that's not true. So why does he keep saying it? Well, those are some of the things that we're going to explore and we're going to look at. But anyway, in this this article it says, uh, using supplements that have vitamin C and D and other micronutrients are a safe and effective way to help your immune system fight these respiratory tract diseases. Now, he's not just talking about COVID-19. He's talking about all of them. And uh, this was the Oregon State University researcher, Adrian Gumbart. That's what he says. And he says, goes on to say, the problem is that the people simply aren't eating enough of these nutrients. Vitamin C has roles in several aspects of immunity. Several aspects of Im- immunity. Including the the growth and function of immune cells and antibody production. Vitamin D receptors on the immune cells are also their function. This means that vitamin D profoundly influences your response to infection profoundly influences your response to infection which is what you need a good response to overcome immunity if your society does not have a robust immune system and it will not have that if it doesn't have enough vitamin D and vitamin C he also mentions omega-3 oils zinc zinc is an extremely important thing that's a trace mineral that should be in your body at all times how does zinc get into your body? Into the cells. It's very hard to get it in there. And there's a lot of things that can interfere with it. But he's saying this, this researcher at the University of Oregon. But YouTube, if he said that on video, YouTube said, well, we're going to take that down. Because the World Health Organization didn't say it. Well, that's crazy. That's insane. This is the CEO of YouTube saying, yeah, just, I heard her. Right out of her mouth, say that you know the crazy things like vitamin C. Did you know that, that you know they give intravenous vitamin C to cancer patients? They, I know other people that had uh, serious health issues, older people with infections that came from operations and everything that were put in our care. They got better. They got a lot better. They didn't get younger, but they they got up every day. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, we had to hoist them out of bed because they had lost the ability to use. They had lots of back issues and leg issues and muscle issues. But when when they were finally sent home to die from the medical society and the and the convalescent homes that were charging like $6,000 a week and all these because they ran out of money. So they finally said, well, we can't do any more harm to this guy. Let's send him home. Then we got to take over and they started getting better and all the sores on their legs disappeared and the sores in their back was disappearing and the infection that was traveling up their spine disappeared. <laughs> so they got better. But anyway, uh, they had received injections, vitamin C injections, intravenous vitamin C. And uh, that's injecting a disinfectant. In your body. Because vitamin C, one of the things that 
Because there's many things that vitamin C will do. You can actually take a spoonful of vinegar, apple cider vinegar, good vinegar, and it will have some of the same effects in your body as vitamin C. If you can't get vitamin C, that's something to consider. But, or at least try. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just food. Vitamin, you know, it's just the apple cider vinegar. But one of the things that happens is that when vitamin C breaks down in the body, it produces a hydrogen peroxide. And cancer cells can't take hydrogen peroxide well. Your cells have a mechanism where they can ward off the effects the bad effects, the destructive effects of hydrogen peroxide, because hydrogen peroxide is a disinfectant. So the idea of injecting disinfectants in you, we do that all the time. I mean, vaccinations, aren't they supposed to be disinfecting you of some sort of infection? Now, personally, there's a lot of side effects with uh, vaccines, and we have an article up on that. And you should be well informed. One of the things that people do not realize, and if you go to... uh, Hosea 4, 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. What does that mean? A lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, being thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. So what knowledge did they lack? Well, they lack lots of knowledge, but one of the knowledges that they lack is that thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. And that, you know, you were to forgive and you were to love your neighbor and even love your enemy. I mean, Moses said that. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Give drink to thy enemy. You're, you're judge not, lest ye be judged. You know, he's telling you what some of the hints are of what the kingdom of God is all about because the kingdom of God in order to be within you you have to have those principles within you that you just naturally forgive your enemy and you forgive your neighbor and you don't hold resentment deep down in the dark recesses of the cave of your own mind you need that you need that understanding it goes on in verse 7 to say as they they were increased so they sinned against me therefore Will I change their glory into shame? Well, over the last hundred years, the economy of the United States has grown and grown and grown. It has had, you know, it faltered here and there. 2008, there was a big collapse and there was the recession back in, and depression back in the, the 20s and 30s and all these things. But still, what we were in 1900, 1913 has grown over and over and over again in size. That's our increase. But that increase came about because we sinned against God. And we also worked really hard and there was a lot of industrious people, a lot of families that were, did a lot of great and wonderful things. But what made America great, whatever that greatness was, was that America was good. According to uh, Alexis uh, Tocqueville, I always supposedly screw up that name. I need to have it written in front of me so I can read it right again. But anyway, he wrote a book and he said something to the effect that what made America great was that America was good. When it ceases to be good, it will cease to be great. Well, America, that's a lot of people. That's like the cells in your body. When the cells in your body are sick with coronavirus or whatever... 
Every cell is not sick. Just some of the cells are sick. But if too many cells get sick, then you start having symptoms of that sickness. That's the same thing in America. When some of the people and some of the families are sick, if they are infected with a lie, which a virus is a lie, it's not really you, but it's pretending to be you so they can get into your cells and get your cells to replicate it. That's what a lie does. It tries to get into your head so you go out and repeat it. Like all those teachers I had when I was attending St. Joseph's College, they were lying to me, but they didn't know they were lying to me because they had accepted the lie as the truth. And they were trying to infect me with that lie. And for some time, I was pretty sick with it. <laughs> so, but God had the cure. But the cure was not only right knowledge, but also forgiveness. I had to forgive them in order, over to overcome my vulnerability to the lie. So many people, when they read some of our books like Covenants of the Gods, they realize they had been lied to and deceived and brought back into the bondage of Egypt and, and uh, again entangled in the elements of the world, all of which was predicted by Peter and the apostles and Jesus Christ and, and the prophets before them. And they get angry at the world because the world has deceived them. Not the solution. Forgive them. <laughs> Be humble enough to realize that your acceptance of the lie. I mean, like if you if coronavirus goes into you. Now, I probably already had it. I probably got the antibodies, exosome antibodies going through all my cells. Telling all my cells, don't, don't accept this virus into your cell. Because it's not you. It comes from the dark recesses of a cave somewhere in China. It may have come by way of a Wuhan Institute, viral institute <laughs> technology, but originally it started in that cave probably. And somebody else may have altered it. But the reality is, whatever it is, my cell should now know not to let it in. But I had to admit, my cells had to admit that I had let it in and started replicating it. I was at fault. My body was making me sick because my body was not paying attention. I have since let my body know, my body has let itself know by sending out exosomes, which we call antibodies, that are telling all my cells don't have anything to do with this. I don't know if all my cells have gotten the message. <laughs> so I could have a relapse. But it won't be a serious one because most of the cells know not to receive that. So I might get a little ill. But the reality is I'm probably shedding the cure now, which is that message. So anyway, if you've listened to the other programs, a lot of this doesn't seem that foreign. But what's happening in the kingdom of God is that We've accepted a lie, and now some of us are finding out some of those lies are false. And so now we, we're we going out and we're rejecting those lies. If we get angry at the liar and we start judging the liar, it will set us up to receive another lie and get another infection of another lie. And this is why I want to bring this up. It's all those people joining the network, the virtual network. You need to join 
the virtuous network and sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands to start caring about your neighbor as much as you care about yourself. That will be difficult to do if you're bringing all your former infections and resentments and anxieties and personal doctrines with you. You're going to come and you're going to try to dig. You're going to want other people in your congregation to see what you want to see and the temptation, which is one of the great temptations, the three temptations of Christ. You're going to want to exercise authority over other people's minds. The reason we're sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands is to freely assemble and allow God to write upon the hearts and minds of other people. We don't have to agree with them, but we should not be trying to dictate theologies and doctrines and beliefs, personal beliefs to them. We're, we're there to practice pure religion, which is to care for the needy of our society, widows, orphans, people who get injured, people who get sick, people who lose their jobs because of shutdowns or whatever. We're there to help them in a righteous way. It's not righteous if you're not helping them with free will offerings. Now, the world is going to send you a $1,000 check or, what is it, $1,250 check or whatever it is. And uh, they're going to give you unemployment uh, eventually. (laughs) They're going to give you food stamps and welfare. All the people that got off food stamps and welfare in the first few years of Trump's um, presidency, they're all going to be back on it again now. Why? Because the coronavirus? Well, evidence is that the coronavirus is not as dangerous as they were saying at the beginning. They're still kind of carrying that scenario, but all the data, and I shared numerous things. I'm going to try to share some of these things on the network in the next week so you can see them on the network. I, I shared them on my Facebook because I'm entering into conversations with people. A lot of questions I rose up in our local community because I know a lot of what's going on behind the scenes. I, I talk to people at great length who are in government that are talking to people in government and different organizations throughout the government that are both, some of them are kind of malevolent and they have ulterior motives. And I'm discovering what those are. I mean, like, why, if Fauci and, and epidemiologists all over the world knew that this coronavirus appeared to have a very low death rate, why are we being told in the news over and over again, and even in press conferences from the government, that it is extremely dangerous and it is a game changer and it's going to, you know, change the face of the world. And what is really going on here? Because I was reading months ago and I shared them and we have our coronavirus page at Preparing You show you that these guys were saying, no, this appears to have a low death rate. Now that there are serology tests out there, which are blood tests that are actually looking for the antibodies, they're proving beyond a shadow of a doubt that the death rate has been going down lower and lower and lower from what we thought it was to actually what it is, which is very low, extremely low. Because we're still basing the figure that we have now, which is like 0.1%, and it's not even really a death rate of COVID. 
It's the death rate of all the other things that are wrong with the people. And COVID is just tipping them over the edge, which a lot of the other flus could have done the same thing. So we know now what they knew months ago. Many of you are beginning to discover what I knew months ago. And But some of you are still so gripped in fear, you can't actually accept the fact that the COVID-19 is not the danger. It's not even the problem. No, we haven't, people haven't lost millions of jobs and, and trillions of dollars in income because of COVID-19. They've lost those because of the reaction that the government says it had to take because COVID-19 was so dangerous. But we're finding out now that it wasn't so dangerous. They knew, I have a letter written and signed by Fauci himself back in February that he knew that the death toll was way lower than what he has led you to believe. So why has he led you to believe this? Why are government agencies, you know, the president says we need serology tests, the federal government says it, the FDA says it, the CDC says it, the World Health Organization says it, the state guidelines for a plan to reopen says we need them. Yet there are government agencies directly under the governor of Oregon and under many other states evidently that are ordering labs not to do serology tests and telling them to send back the tests that were obtained for them so they could find out if people in their community have already had the disease and are now shedding the cure which is the antibodies. And see, you can actually catch an antibody from somebody else. Most people do not get coronavirus. This is this well-documented now. Scientists have been saying it for a long time. You don't get it from casual uh, contact on the street, walking by people out there in the open. You wouldn't. It'd almost be impossible for you to get it on the beach from somebody else walking down the beach. I mean, it's... Virtually impossible. The statistics are way against that. Yet, uh, and they say most transmission is in the homes, in buildings, in close, uh, intimate proximity. But they won't let you go to the beach. What is going on? Well, we're going to tell you what's going on. We're going to tell you, and, and eventually we're going to get around to why it's going on. It has nothing to do with COVID-19. But we're also going to help you in other ways. We'll be right back. Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. So, I uh, I shared on Facebook, somebody sent it to me from a volunteer group, I think in Oregon or something from Oregon, and uh, it was uh, a video that comes from a, uh, a little portion of a video that comes from a, a 1981 film, My Dinner with Andre, which is explaining why, supposedly explaining why most people are asleep. And uh, living in an Orwellian prison-like dream world uh, that humans created and help to maintain. We've built our own prisons, is what he's saying. And one of the last lines was is that he, this guy gives him a seed for a tree. This is a pine tree, or whatever it was, kind of tree. And uh, set yourself free. 
And, uh, of course, Christ had a similar thing that he, he was talking about with the parable of uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in a field. And, uh, you know, it's this small, tiny, tiny little seed that can grow up and become this huge uh, tree. And he says, have faith as a grain of mustard seed. Ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you if you have this grain of mustard seed. So I shared it on, on, on my Facebook page and, and said, uh, how about a mustard seed? Uh, and then, uh, for other reasons I added the word inconceivable. But the reality is faith is a very prow- powerful thing. Delusion which a lot of people mistake for faith, is not so powerful. Delusion will get you into a lot of trouble. Uh, and so you don't want delusion. You want right knowledge. And if you want to believe you're already saved, that you already know the answers, that you, you, you are already got it figured out, that is not a good state to be in. I am always willing to hear somebody else say, well, no, I don't think that's true. Well, then tell me why. Explain to me why. Show me why. Give me examples. Teach me. And um, I don't get a lot of takers on that because I have been doing my homework. But I got to this place where I think what I'm sharing with you is right and true and righteous Because I was willing to admit that what I had accepted as true before just ain't so. So that's an idea. I just keep repeating in the show and that's very important because I'm going to tell you some things that you think are true that just ain't so. And you need to be ready to really ponder this and not just write it off because you don't want to think you're wrong. Or that you're incorrect. Or you have misinformation already accepted into your mind that just ain't so. Well, one of the things that's floating around, and we've talked about it a number of times, is the PCR test. Everybody says, well, we tested him for coronavirus, and no, he doesn't have it. Because we tested and it came back negative. And so, therefore, he doesn't have it. Well, the PCR test is extremely flawed, both towards the negative and towards the positive. They were using the PCR tests and even the... Uh, people say the advanced nucleic acid uh, test, which is really a nucleic acid amplification test, which is really just, you know, they call it NAAT, but it's really just a PCR test. Now, they, they do modify some of the molecules that they use in that, and, and PCR tests may be fundamentally flawed, and that they use it like it is the word from God himself. It doesn't necessarily, you know, it's a swab test, but even the ones that use whole blood and plasma samples may not be that accurate. The new antibody tests may not be that accurate. There's lots of different versions of them. And like in our county, we knew that the president, we had direct information, people in politics had direct information directly from the president's uh, conferences that they were they attended phone conferences, hearing directly from the White House, including the president, 
that they needed serology tests. They needed to be looking for the antibodies to find out if more people had gotten this than really had gotten it. It isn't something I hear Fauci saying every day, but it has come directly down from the president because it is known by many people behind the scenes the media is not telling you that without the serology tests, you won't know that actually tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of millions and millions of people have already had COVID-19 and are now already stopping its spread because they are part of the herd immunity that is quickly developing. We just heard a couple of days ago from Sweden, they believe that they will have reached herd immunity in Stockholm because they haven't been keeping this enforced social distancing. They haven't shut down the, the grade schools. They haven't shut down the uh, most of the businesses. Yeah, they, they say you can't have gatherings of over 50 people, but you can actually have gatherings of over 50 people if you read the fine print. And this is what I do. I go out and I find the fine print and the fine details. If you have a a restaurant that will seat a hundred people, you can have a hundred people in the restaurant. You can't have a bar where people are rubbing elbow to elbow and bumping into each other and and uh, all that stuff because they're all standing. But if you can seat them, you can have them in your restaurant or bar. And and people, you see the people walking on the streets and they're not wearing masks. And they're, they're in and out of each other's businesses and houses on a regular basis. They're keeping, they're using personal responsibility trying to stay away from the people that are most vulnerable. But yeah, they've had a few more deaths, but in the long run they may have far less and they won't have that same kind of relapse that you will see in America next year. Because from the beginning, epidemiologists were saying, if you do this shutdown thing, if you don't allow the virus to naturally spread amongst the healthy population of your community, there will be another spike that will be greater than the first. And you will probably have more deaths. Epidemiologists were saying this, but that's not what they were telling you in the news. That's not what Fauci was telling you. He's still telling you that we have to fear the next season. And prepare for the next season. Of course, they'll have a vaccine and they tell you the only way to stop this virus, the only way to be safe is a vaccine. Sweden is proving that wrong. Sweden is proving that that is not true. Even though some of their guys are still having great faith in vaccines. That delusion is gone from my mind. I do not have great faith in vaccines. I know they can work. But I know they can also have side effects and autoimmune problems and all these things that we were suffering and it's getting people to go back to the doctor over and over and over again as a pandemic. And it, where is it coming from? And there's a great deal of evidence that it's coming from the excessive amount of vaccinations we are giving small children and even adults. But that's another debate. We won't go into that. So... This parable of the mustard seed is that you have to have faith. Well, you should have faith in God's plan. And God's plan is actually what Sweden is doing. 
<laughs> allowing the body to develop that that's one of the things I heard, I remember Fauci saying it this is the novel virus and nobody has any immunity to it well that's true but that's also a lie because you all can have immunity to it if you all have an immune system and you almost all have an immune system and you can develop immunity and some people develop immunity to it so fast they never even have a single symptom why wasn't Fauci telling you that? No, he was spreading fear. And I don't want to just pick on Fauci. He just happens to be a name that's up there. One of the amazing things is, is that the guys who came out, and this, this we get into the area of conspiracy theory, but the guys who came out with these outlandish models that have all proven to be wrong, they're all rolling them back, like Neil Ferguson at the Imperial College in England. Uh, he's rolling back his predictions from 500,000 dead in, in Great Britain to 20,000 or far less. Those are his words. Far less than 20,000. That's a long way from 500,000. Well, Imperial College, where does it get millions and millions and millions of dollars? From, from the William Gates Foundation. Or the Bill Gates Foundation. Uh, I guess it's Gates and Melinda, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, whatever the big name is. They gave them millions and millions of dollars. Now, that's a conspiracy. That doesn't prove anything. But the other ones who came up with this, other epidemiologists, which we mentioned on the coronavirus page at preparingyou.com, they were saying the opposite, but they didn't get into the news. Kurt, here in New York, uh was saying the opposite. But he says, I can't get this into the news. They don't want to hear it. They only want to preach fear and, and scare tactics and and clickbait headlines. Research college here in America that came out with these outlandish figures. They've received over $400 million from the Gates Foundation. And they're coming up with these outlandish figures. Now, they're rolling it back now. But Fauci is not telling you, well, we actually made a mistake. We said there was going to be millions upon millions of deaths in the United States. And that's not true. It's not as serious as we thought. Actually, the death rate is really low. Maybe 0.1%. Maybe 0.3%. We're still finding out more. But all the evidence coming in is showing that it's very, very, very low death rate. Now we can, we can, they don't tell you that we can jack that death rate up by telling you that everybody who dies, who has any flu type symptoms, we will attribute it to coronavirus. And uh, so that will jack the death rate up. And we won't tell you about the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people in America that have already had the virus and are producing antibodies are now creating a wall that will keep it from spreading. We're not going to tell you about that. So what's going on? Why are they doing all this fear, fear, fear? Well, there's some other things going on. We're going on before the coronavirus was even a word out here for people to be afraid of. As there were things going on in the Federal Reserve, there were things going on. I mean, like last year, more CEOs resigned than almost any other time. Uh, in the previous years. Why so many last year? Well, most CEOs get stock options which they can exercise when they resign. 
And that means they can get the stock, they can sell the stock, the stock market's up, they can turn that into cash, and now they can buy stuff at a very low rate because the market has collapsed. And they got cash, and there's no inflation yet. So that's really good position to put yourself in. But that's one of those conspiracy theories. But it's true. They were, they were, we, we saw the news. We wondered why they were doing this before anybody even knew what the coronavirus was. And everything has collapsed now, not because of the coronavirus, but because of this overreaction of government to the coronavirus. And it is an overreaction because, like I said, Fauci was writing letters. I have it quoted right here in my notes. I've, I put it up in, on our webpage on coronavirus. And I have a lot more information. I, I try not to snow you with too much information and try to put just enough out there. But it's fear that has locked us into this path and brought the stock market down and brought uh, businesses down. You can buy businesses really cheap. China's buying up businesses in Italy really cheap. China knew about this virus. I mean, this is like a dream come true, this overreaction of governments. Uh, China's probably not buying up a lot of businesses in Sweden because they haven't crashed. And they're almost reached herd immunity. We probably won't reach herd immunity until sometime late next year, after the next spike. But again, remember, most of you will not even hardly get sick. You won't even know you had the flu virus. Now, I know a lot of people in our county got very sick with this. And I, I just heard from several people just last night that were saying, yeah, I was sick as I, and had all the coronavirus symptoms. Some of them were tested with the PCR test that is just totally not accurate in my opinion. And, and it's not just my opinion. I can show you that others will say it can have 80% fail rate looking from positive to negative or negative positive or at least 30%, 30 to 80% fail rate. Incorrect answers. They used it on the Diamond Princess and they would test somebody one day and it said they didn't have it. The next day or two days later they'd test them again and they did have it. And then two days later they'd test them again and they didn't have it. It's just an inaccurate test. And if it's done slightly wrong, it's going to give you completely bogus readings. And everybody's acting like, oh, well, I was tested so I couldn't have coronavirus because it said it was negative. And we've gone through that before. So what is really going on? Well, there's a number of other things. Uh, to covet this practice is you shall be made merchandise. Peter says that. And uh, all the apostles make similar statements. Entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Uh, you will be made merchandise. You, you will curse your children. You will become surety for debt. These are all repeated in the New Testament over and over again. Because you're lovers of the wages of unrighteousness. Things you get unrighteously. And Jesus warned you, don't be like the governments of the Gentiles who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority. Well, you can go out and get business loans now if your business is in trouble because of the shutdown. Not because of the coronavirus, but because of the shutdown. You can get all kinds of free money. Airlines are getting all kinds of free money. Huge amount of free money from men who exercise authority. As a matter of fact, the government now has stock options in these airlines. What you're actually seeing is the government now owns two stocks part 
of the airlines. That's a nationalization of transportation. Car companies. Nationalization of transportation. That's right out of the Communist Manifesto. That's what we saw go on in Venezuela. Along with runaway inflation. Is that where we're headed? Runaway inflation? You know, way back. I mean, I can go way back to Kennedy. And Robert Kennedy. And Robert Kennedy was seeing something going on as Attorney General of the United States. He was seeing something going on. You can't tell what's going on in the world today by listening to the news, by the paper. And that's one of the things in that movie that they were saying. The guy guy wasn't list, getting the paper anymore. He wasn't listening to the news. Because it's kind of like what William Jefferson said hundreds of years ago. That uh, if you... Don't read the paper, you're uninformed. If you do read the newspaper, you're misinformed. <laughs> so, <laughs> the reality is you need to get your information from somewhere else. And that's one of the things that the network could provide is a way of information. And going back to the human body uh, pattern that we see where cells in your body, certain cells in your body are better equipped to recognize, because they're constantly checking DNA and RNA in themselves, in the laboratory of your human body. And it says, whoa, this virus, this is a virus. This is not one of my exosomes. We should not be replicating this. It's killing our cells. We have to send out a message to all the other cells in the lungs, all the type 2 cells in the lungs, that this is not us. This is some sort of foreign uh, exosome that we call a virus out here in the real world. And it goes and it starts making exosomes that will inform all the cells so that they don't let this virus in. And we call that immunity. You have that ability. You have that ability because God created it in your body because you're a product of design, intelligent design. And that intelligent design is attributed to that who we call God. There are other lesser gods, evil gods, do not have our best interest at heart, that want to redesign us in another image. Not only in our minds, but in our bodies. And we need to listen to God. And one of the things that Christ commanded, the only thing, that he commanded his ministers, his minister trainees, his disciples to do, was to make the people sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. So that they could create this natural communication ability through the ministers to spread information throughout the whole body of Christ based on the spiritual righteousness of Christ in love, in charity, and in hope instead of like the world does it through fear and lies and falsities and force. You don't want to be organizing yourselves that way, but that is the way you are now organized, which is why you've gone down this path way to disease and illness. You need to turn around. And that begins with faith 
in God's way. And that's why I'm showing you the way of the human body is the way of the body of Christ. If you do not feed it righteousness, it will not have the vitamin C and the zinc (laughs) and the vitamin D. You know, where should you get your vitamin D? I'm helping a cancer patient right now. I'm, I'm being of service to him. I, we've prepared meals. I brought him down food. Uh, we talk about diet. He's, he's gone on a, a diet that someone else, uh, in our community found that had the same cancer and has had good results with it and along with other things that he's doing. But he kind of started late. We were telling him all this stuff years ago, but then now he started, but he started because he sees this other guy actually getting better. But anyway, one of the things is he's short of vitamin D and he finally gets his vitamin D tablets and he thinks that's the answer. I told him weeks ago, months ago, go out early in the morning when the sun comes up facing, there's a little sheltered spot on their house, a little deck. I built it for him years and years ago and set up a little lawn chair there and sit there and open up your shirt and let the sun shine on your white skin. That will create more vitamin D in the individual tissues of your body than probably taking that pill. Now, you can take the pill too, but vitamin D, we just seen the organ researcher at the university saying vitamin D is very important to your immune system. So, these are simple things. This is the way God intended. This is why viruses go away in the summertime because there's more sun. This is one of the reasons why we're seeing, I watched every day, the cases in Sweden. And they would go from 200 to 300 a day to, you know, 400 a day, 500. Finally got up to around 735 in one day. That was huge. Uh, you know, huge. Of course, you're talking 10 million people. And these are just cases. These aren't deaths. Confirm cases, and then how do they confirm the cases? PCR tests. <laughs> so it's not accurate. But one of the ways they confirm it is they have the symptoms. These are cases with symptoms. Most cases don't have these kinds of symptoms. But anyway, it showed a lot of people getting sick. Well, all of a sudden it turned around. Then it went down to 500 a day, 400 a day, 300 a day, 200 a day. And they say, well, the reason why we're not getting so many is because all these other people in society have gotten immune and they didn't even get sick. They didn't even know they got immune. But now it's not spreading. It will be soon safe for the old people. They will have herd immunity. It will be hard to spread it. Now, that may go on for a while, but one of the things is the sun and the temperatures warming up. Well, in Sweden, they haven't warmed up that much yet. But they will by May. You will probably see almost no cases. But if we open up in May, you're going to see way more cases. But what else are you going to see between now and May? You're going to see more suicides. In one hotline, there was a, uh, for suicides, there was a 338% increase in suicide calls from March, from February to March. March had 338% more cases. I know from first-hand information that I got directly from people who are on site that in some areas where there are suicides, there's particular areas where people go to commit suicide, the number has jumped hundreds and hundreds of percent, mostly young people. Why? Because your media and your government chose to spread fear and anxiety 
instead of the truth. Fear not. God has a plan to save you. Fear that you do not listen to the ways of God and repent and go back to the ways of God. God wants you, if you are practicing pure religion, taking care of the widows and orphans and needy of your society through faith, hope, and charity, unspotted by the world, the constitutional orders and systems of government, those governments that exercise authority one over the other. In other words, what we used to do in this country was take care of all the needy of society through charity, through hope, through faith in the way of God. We don't do that anymore. We take care of almost everybody in need through men who exercise authority. And that's why you're again entangled in the elements of the world. One restaurant was staying open, I think up near Eugene or Salem or someplace. Well, they were defying the order. So they just took away their license. They can take away their liquor license. They can take away their business license. They could do that in the county where I live. If they open up and they don't like it, they don't have to come down here with policemen and, and nail up your store. They just take away your license. And then they can prosecute you for using, you know, running the business without a license. Well, those licenses used to be issued by the counties. Now they're issued by the state. What's happening now is the these businesses are going to be controlled by the federal government. And it may be great if you have a president who is... All for free enterprise and all that stuff. But you won't always have that. Eventually you'll have a president who will use this power for his own purposes. That's what happened to Kennedy way back when. We'll talk about that later. We'll be back. Join us on The Living Network at HisHolyChurch.org. Go to the network links. Or go to preparingyou.com, join the network, and we'll try to hook you up with people in your local area. And join us on Facebook, facebook.com, His Holy Church, all one word. Join us there, we'll give you updates so you can start doing some studying and thinking about these things and start looking into these things for yourselves. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. I told you that there was this letter written back in February that Fauci signed. And in that letter, uh, he states, I'll read it right to you. If one assumes, I have a copy of the letter, that the number of asymptomatic or minimally symptomatic cases is several times as high as the number of reported cases, that would be people who had enough symptoms that they actually went to the doctor or to the hospital, the case fatality rate may be considerably less than 1%. Actually, it could go down to 0.3% or 0.1%. And the fact is, he did not have to assume it then because there were already epidemiologic logical studies and analysis that were showing that most of the people on board the Diamond Princess had little or no symptoms that had proven to have the virus by the PCR test. So we knew that. And these are people over 60 years of age which are the most vulnerable. We knew that. 
He knew that. You know, he should have known that. But yet they still, have, and still to this day, they're still preaching this fear. That somehow this is more lethal than other viruses. And it's not really much more lethal than any other respiratory virus. And it's only lethal to people that have compromised immune systems or lung problems or diabetic problems or overweight issues, etc. Anyway, so what's going on? And like I said, 338% increase in suicide calls from February 2020 to March 2020. That's, that's a huge increase. There's a 300 to 400% increase of suicides in particular locations over what, in one month, Compared to the entire previous year. So just like people bought nine months of toilet paper in three weeks, we're getting nine months or 12 months of suicides, two, three, four, five times as many suicides. I don't know what the number is because they, they don't release these, especially during these epidemics of suicide. Because they don't want to increase more suicides. Hopefully none of you are that depressed. But fear leads to depression. It leads to the dark side. Well, Christ came and found the people sitting in darkness. But he came to give light to them that sat in darkness. And in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. That's individually guide your feet. I don't know what you should specifically do, but you should let God write upon your heart and he will not write the spirit of fear. You're letting the world write upon your heart and they, he, they are writing the spirit of fear. You need to repent of looking to the world for your salvation, for your welfare, for the wages of unrighteousness. That's the... That's the benefits that come to you by way of men who exercise authority one over the other. That's the wages of unrighteousness. That's the reward of unrighteousness. Go read our article on wages of unrighteousness because it talks about that. In in the New Testament and in the Old Testament because that was the thing is that you go to, to uh, Nimrod and Cain for your benefits or do you go to church? Do you go to your neighbor in love and hope? Or do you go to men who exercise authority one over the other? Because they're going to borrow money against the future of your children to provide you with benefits today. And that's how you get entangled. That's how you uh, end up um, not only being entangled, but uh, becoming a surety for that debt, which is increasing on a regular basis. So what what's that all about? That that wages of unrighteousness. And we see it in a number. It talks about for the wages of sin is death. And he that receiveth. Uh, repeateth receiveth wages. And gathereth fruit into the eternal. So how do you gather fruit into the eternal? Uh, that's That's you do righteousness. How is it righteous to covet your neighbor's goods? 
How is it righteous to desire benefits from men who exercise authority? who Men who borrow from the future of your children. Your churches are not telling you this. Maybe it's because they're ignorant. Maybe it's because they have received a lie. This is, we're warned that they, they might believe a lie. And that's, that they will become under a strong delusion. They're under the delusion that the COVID virus is going to kill millions of people in the United States. Well, the shutdown is going to kill. In the long run, it may kill millions and millions of people. Right now, we know there are suicides. We know this depression of trying to recover from these businesses and jobs that were lost and destroyed is going to bring about more suicides for a long time. For the fear, and I mean, most of these young people that are committing suicide isn't because they've lost their jobs and all this kind of stuff, because some of them didn't have jobs, but they, they've been infected with the spirit of fear. But they were they were vulnerable to the spirit of fear because they had not been living by the spirit of love. They go to church maybe and they say they love one another, but they don't actually love one another. They covet one another's goods. They desire benefits. They, I sent out all kinds of questions in our local community. Uh, there's a number of com- local community web pages. And so I, I got on one of those groups and I asked some questions. And then I got on, an, uh, somebody shared one of my posts to another group. And so I got on that group <laughs> and I asked some more of the questions. It was remarkably well received, but I'm just asking the questions. I, here I've been talking about some of the answers. All the problems concerning COVID-19, good health, Immunity, herd immunity, social immunity are all solved if we do what Christ commanded. Sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and start actively doing the word of Christ. We have to be doers of the word. So we have to be taking care of one another through faith, hope, and charity instead of force, fear, and violence. That's what we need to be doing. That is the Christian way. That is the way of Christ. If we do that, God will have, and and we won't do that unless we let go of some of the ideas that are already filling our minds and our hearts and our soul. We have to let go of those and think a different way. That's what repentance is. And go this other way so that you begin to make room in your heart and your mind for God to ride on and guide those feet through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, All the solutions you needed for coronavirus, for the plague of cancer, even for this plague of autoimmune diseases, can be found in the kingdom of God. But those mysteries will not be revealed by me, but by God in your heart. I will ask some of the questions. I will give you some of the directions you can try to go in. But if you don't have God guiding your footsteps, you won't go in this. This was a big problem that Christ had. People making excuses. Yeah, let, yeah, Jesus, I'll join up with you, but first I gotta go do this thing. And, uh, first I gotta go do that thing. And no, 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 you need to join up. And sit, I mean, Christ was not giving out any loaves and fishes till you sat down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. That's what he said. 
everybody had to organize themselves into the tens, hundreds, and thousands. And I, that had to take a little bit of time because there were tens of thousands, 20,000 people there. There were 5,000 men and their families. So that's a lot of people. So they had to organize themselves into these tens, hundreds, and thousands. And they did. And then there were loaves and fishes. But not until. So anyway, I asked a number of questions, you know, why, you know, uh, these Antibody tests, these serology tests, these blood tests were promoted by the CDC. Why is the Oregon Health Authority telling the Lakeview Hospital, which is the only hospital in, in Lake County where I live, to not use the tests and to send them back? They actually told the, the lab to do that. And they're getting this fed to them by way of a pathologist up in Bend, Oregon. At, I believe St. Charles Hospital, which is the largest employer in Deschutes County, just as the largest employer, uh, just about, I think, one of the largest employers in Lake County is the hospital, which is completely shut down. People can't even, I mean, people go there to get a blood transfusion because they have cancer and they want to give it to them in their car. Why did we build that big building? <laughs> If you're only, when people are actually in need, they're only going to get treated in their car. Now, some doctors have put a stop to that, but that's how crazy things get. But anyway, the, the, the lab person is now shocked because people have had a meeting with the doctors, which people were trying to prevent. The, some of the politicians that had to formulate this plan to reopen the county. They were trying to prevent them from meeting with the doctors. Well, they finally met with just about all the doctors, and the doctors were very copacetic once they could see, because they're kind of, they're, they kind of have a focused view, because they have this single-minded job, and that's, that's kind of what they have to do. And, uh, unfortunately, some of their focus may be also influenced by the AMA and, and the World Health Organization and stuff like that, but, they're genuinely, sincerely trying to do their job, but they have to realize for the health of the whole community, which is suffering from all kinds of problems, depression and abuse and suicide and all these different factors that come along in society, they need to do the serology test. Well, the 50 tests, there are two different kinds of tests, 100 serology tests of one kind and 50 of another kind. None of them are being used. Some of them have been sent back because of OHA, Oregon Health Authority. Why are they doing that? Well, we've asked them, and they couldn't answer. The only answer that we kind of got filtered down is it's too much paperwork because there's a lot of paperwork involved because this using the test not only may give you some idea of what's going on in your county so that you can reopen or not reopen or open safely, but it will also tell us what the test would do. And the fact that we had two different kinds of tests would great. We should have had at least 25 people right off the bat take both tests. That would be 25 people that got seriously ill with coronavirus symptoms, but the PCR test said that they didn't have Because we supposedly have no cases in the county based on the PCR test. We had a lot of people who were sick with the flu that had identical symptoms to COVID. But the PCR test, those that got the PCR test, didn't show COVID. But the PCR tests are faulty. So I said, why do they want to send those tests back? 
Why do they not want to have it? Because in the state guidelines, and the federal guidelines, it says we should be doing this testing. But the doctors aren't reading those because they're in another branch of the process. It's like your body is not producing the exosomes to let everybody know because it's failing to communicate. There's a network in the world. Their network is not necessarily based entirely on love. There's profit motives, power motives. In the world, you have created offices of power, and men who seek power will seek office. We see it across the United States, governor after governor, uh, mayor after mayor, are mad drunk with power. You can't buy garden seeds in the in Walmart because some governor says that's not necessary. You can't sit in your car in the parking lot of a church with your windows rolled up because you're violating the stay-away order, which says stay six feet away, and you are six feet away with the windows rolled up in your car. But the police come in and say your constitutional rights to freely assemble, which are not constitutional rights, they're God-given rights, there are constitutional prohibitions... For the government to interfere with those rights. They don't know that. They lack knowledge. They lack understanding. They're operating from fear. They're afraid they're going to lose their job. And they're out there arresting people in their cars and fining them thousands of dollars for attending church in their car. Insane. But it's that power. You've created offices of power, not offices of love. Christ didn't create offices of power. He created offices of love. He is the power. But if you're not practicing pure religion in your church, you're probably going to have problems. I I, I remember one story of a guy who goes out and he really helps young people. And he's he's mostly on the ground. He's, He's actually doing the job. And they tried to shut him down. And he said, I'm not stopping. These kids need me. And he's dealing with really problem kids in, in problem communities where the families have all broken down. The tens, hundreds, and thousands promotes the family, puts the family at the core of your network. It, it, and everybody wants, the, the minister wants the family to be stronger. The other families, they say, well, who are the ministers? The ministers should be ministering to these individual people. No, you all are ministers. He's just connecting you with the next group. Your ten family group is supposed to be ministering one to another. That takes up all of your ministry time. What about the other 90 families? Well, that's where your minister comes in. He's got to connect to them through his nine congregate ministers. That's the way it works. Now, you think about this. Draw this picture. We do it in the book, Thy Kingdom Come. We do it a little bit in the book, the Free Church Report, all free online, so that you can get the idea that if you don't start caring about one another and becoming doers of the word, practicing pure religion in the tens, hundreds, and thousands as Christ commanded, you're going to be in a lot of trouble when the next COVID comes around. You're going to be in a lot of trouble when there's runaway inflation in your country. You're going to be in a lot of trouble when some tyrant rises up in this newfound power that is being inserted into the executive branch. I saw this, again, I mentioned it several times, 
to see if we have enough time to even cover this. I may have to do it in the show this afternoon. Yeah, we got a little bit of time. Kennedy, way back when his brother came to him, who was the, his brother was the Attorney General. Robert was the Attorney General. I was alive back then and watching the news. And I also knew people. I've talked to people that were high up in government even before Kennedy came. And uh, I, I know what goes on behind the scenes because I've known these people. I've been around for a long time. <laughs> and I know people who know these people. Uh, Robert Kennedy was concerned about the power of the Federal Reserve to control the policies of the United States government because they controlled the purse strings. It's it's not, a, you know, a, a guy I respect greatly, a good-hearted guy. He actually said that the Federal Reserve is a government agency. That's why they call it federal. No, it's not. <laughs> okay. It, it is the banker's bank. That's what they call themselves. But it is it is another entity altogether. And and it is not the source of our problem. The problem is us. The problem is us. We're not doing what Christ said. If we were following what Christ said, they wouldn't even be a problem. But the reality is is that they had too much power and so Robert was going to do something about it. Now it was it was our job to do something about it, but we elect these guys and expect them to make things right. You know, like we did when we elected Saul to be king, which was against the advice of God. And then they had a constitution to control Saul, but nobody actually held Saul to the constitution. It got worse and worse and even worse under Rehoboam. So that's what we've done. We didn't even put in the five precepts. That may be something we'll talk about in the afternoon show. The five precepts that should be in every constitution, according to the Bible. Only one of them shows up in the U.S. Constitution. I'm not against the U.S. Constitution. It is what it is, but it is not biblical. Very clearly, and I can prove that, but we'll do it in the afternoon show. So anyway, Robert Kennedy wanted to do something about it, but they knew that if they did something about it, that what could they do? And what could they do without the Federal Reserve crashing the economy? Because it would be a power play, because both are separate offices of power. So, Kennedy signed a bunch of executive orders. I did articles on it years and years ago, showing these, and every president just about has signed those executive orders since, and they've elaborated on on them with certain presidents. But the executive orders was they were going to nationalize the railroads and nationalize the airlines and nationalize transportation and all this stuff in order to keep things afloat, even when the Federal Reserve was crashing the economy. In this power play, and then at the same time, Kennedy started reissuing U.S. notes instead of Federal Reserve notes. Why did he think that was important? He didn't get very many of them issued, and he died um, of an assassination, which is another whole story. But I know, as a matter of public record, that LBJ took over an extremely corrupt individual. I was from Texas, I know. Firsthand, extremely corrupt individual. He took over, and whereas Kennedy really cared about the country, he was a womanizer and a lot of other things, but he cared about the country. Robert cared about the country. They had a certain moral integrity. They were presidents, but, you know, they weren't bad guys, super bad guys. LBJ, there's hardly anything good about him, but immediately, I mean, he just took over the presidency, he just swore in, immediately, He's rescinding the order 
to print U.S. currency, you know, U.S. Treasury notes. <laughs> and they disappeared. I have some of them in my drawer just to show you if you want to see what they could have looked like. <laughs> but anyway, the point is, is this, there is, there are groups of power going on in the world. It's not a matter of conspiracy. They just are there. Just because you didn't hear about it on CNN or the 6 o'clock news or in the Oregonian doesn't mean that they're not there. They are there. It doesn't matter if you're seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. They're not to be afraid of. But if you will not, if you want to continue to sit in darkness, yeah, maybe you should be afraid. If you don't want to do what Christ commanded, which is to gather in those tens, hundreds, and thousands, and create a system of pure religion. Religion is not what you think about God, but it's your pious performance of your duty to God and your fellow man, and your duty to your fellow man is to love your fellow man, which would mean that practice of pure religion is helping out the needy of your society so that they don't have to go and get that $1,200 check. They don't have to go out and borrow money from the federal government to open up their business or take care of their family. They have a network of tens, hundreds, and thousands, and ten thousands, and ten hundred thousands of people that care about them. Don't care about what they think about how many angels can sit on the head of a pen, or the spelling of God's name, like God's got some sort of ID card with his, his name spelled on it. He's known by many names, but one thing he is known by is righteousness. If you're taking care of one another through unrighteous means or covetous practices, you're not following Christ. You're not a Christian. A Christian is someone following Christ, not someone proclaiming to be Christian. You may actually be workers of iniquity, though you think you're a Christian. Now, all this can change in a minute if you just actually see that we should not be forcing our neighbors. We should not be living in fear, but living by faith. We should be not creating fidelity to men who exercise authority, but fidelity to one another in living by that faith, hope, and charity. It changes you. The same as Polybius said, that if you become accustomed to living at the expense of others and depending for your livelihood on the property of others, you will be changed, degenerated into perfect savages, fit for nothing more than another monarch and king and tyrant and despot. That's what he was telling us 150 years before Christ. We haven't learned that lesson. We haven't been taught that lesson. But if we repent, God will write that lesson upon your heart and your mind. If you're seeing some of this, join us on the network. Make that virtual network a virtuous network. And then, we'll see you then. Until then, peace on your house. And may God be with you. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, 
Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.